0: This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you again for your generosity and your giving. Amen. You're filling up your heavenly bank account. You know, the good thing about having a bank account is that not only do you have somewhere to put something, but you have something to withdraw. So let me just remind you, you don't have to wait to get to heaven to draw on your heavenly bank account. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know, what you just deposited this morning through your offering to God, it's accruing. 3,000, 6,000 to 10,000%. Hallelujah. Woo. Could you imagine if you got some kind of deal like that on Wall Street? Man, oh man. Well, today we're starting a brand new series entitled Living the Good Life. How I many want to live a good life? Yeah. I do. You know, that's, we've kind of... I'm playing off the, the thing about the American dream. You know, the American dream is a, is... Is kind of the idea of living the good life. But unfortunately, with the American dream here in America and around the world, you know, it's more about the materialistic accumulation of goods and wealth and, you know, and making sure that, uh, you know, uh, my future's secured and where everything's taken care of. And, you know, we've reduced it down to that. But, you know, there's a lot of people who have a lot of money, but they're still not living the good life. There's a there's a lot of people that may not have as much money, but they're living the good life. I'm going to read you uh, out of the uh, to open up here out of Ephesians 2:10. Listen to this, Paul's. I'm going to read out of the Amplified here. He says, "For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, and God don't make no junk. Cre- recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew." that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time. Hallelujah. I want to I I go. See, God's prepared a path for you to go ahead of time, and He's also given you a guide, the Holy Spirit. When He has come, He will guide you. What's He going to guide you into? This good life. This good path that God has for you. He prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them. Listen to this, living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Thank you, honey. Living the good life, which he's prearranged. Boy, I'm telling you what. Now, if God says he's got a good life and a good path that he's already prearranged and and made ready for us to walk in and live, that's where I want to be. I want the good life that God has. Jesus said it this way. He said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the fullest. God wants us to have a full life. No lack in any area. He wants us to be filled up with peace, filled up with joy, filled up with love, filled up with courage, filled up with confidence, filled up with health, filled up with all the, the money that you need for your family and to support the gospel and to give to the poor and to give to every good work. Man, I tell you, I want some of y'all to be millionaires because I got a lot of stuff I want to do. Is that all right? Is that selfish of me to be believing for you to be a millionaire? Especially you tithers. I'm especially ble- I'm believing for you. Woo-hoo. See, sometimes people say, oh, pastor, now nah, that's just preacher talk. No, it's not. It doesn't have to be. Now it can be preacher talk to you. But you know, God has a good life. And, and you, we need to find out what it is. This is why we don't copy one another. We learn from one another, but we don't copy one another. God's path is different for you than my path. God's got something for you to fulfill and to do that's just right for you. And you'll you'll be fulfilled. You'll be so excited. You know, we're in God's will and following God's path. Every day we get up, man, we ought to be excited about it. Not bored out of our skull. Oh my God, I'm going to church again. Well, you need to make an adjustment. Something's wrong with you because your idea of church is totally wrong. Amen? And serving God. So we're going to be talking about the living the good life. And one of those things, it begins, I believe it begins by experiencing God's presence. Listen, people, you know, people don't understand a lot of times, unless there are Christians and then even sometimes people who, Say they're Christians anyway. They don't understand us because they're thinking, how can you, how can you follow this, you know, this thing of the Bible? How can you follow this? I mean, that's just mythology. That's just a fairy tale. That's just a, a book that was written a long time ago. Well, that might be to you if you're an outsider. But for us who have experienced God in the new birth and in the power of the Holy Spirit, we have a reality. And if you don't have a reality, you need to get one. A reality that means you have experienced and are experiencing the ongoing presence of God in your life. Amen. Amen. I'm not following some cunningly devised fable or myth that was put together, you know, two millennia ago. I have the presence and the experience of the presence of the living God in my heart and life every day. Every day, every day, every day. Say every day. day. And if you don't have that, you're not living the good life. You're not even close to living the good life. I don't care. You may be a millionaire already, but you're still not living the good life. It starts with an experience called having an experience with God. Look in Psalm 46. He says over there, and this may be the reason why some people, even though they are believers... They don't recognize, they're not conscious of the presence of God in their lives. Because here he says, be still and know that I am God. Boy, if that was ever speaking to a generation, it's speaking to us, isn't it? Be still. Wow. Be still. You know, uh, you know. it's like me, me and my, my youngest son got it for me. You know, I got this. Anybody at your house got you know? If we're sitting in a chair, if he's in a rocking chair. But you know, you can you can you can be active in a lot of other ways. Your mind you, you may not you not may not have that nervous tick, but your mind can be so active, so full of your problems, so full of what's going on in the world, and all of this that, that you, there's no. There's, there's no stillness about our soul, about our emotions, about our minds. We don't get still long enough. We're we're so busy. I read the other day they said that that the average person on their touches their smartphone over two thousand times a day. Wow. And that we ain't even got to your computer and your iPad, and we ain't got there yet. We're just talking about your phone. We're so, there's so much information. There's so much there. And, and there's a lot of good things about that. But one of the things I think is we don't know how to be still. We're not, we're not, we're not carrying a consciousness of the presence of God even though we may be believers. We need to be aware of His presence every day. It will, it will change the way you act. It will change the way you talk. It will change the way that you react to situations and the way that you treat people, even at work. It will help you to love the homosexual. Uh-oh. Can you say that in church? We're so PC crazy nowadays. But we need to learn to love people. Hey man, but if you don't have the experience, uh, you're not experiencing the presence of God. You're going to have a trouble with that. So my first thing here is you need if if you've lost that sense of of the presence of God in your life, that peace, that joy, that faith rising up, that confidence of knowing that God's here. You need to get still. You need to cancel some of your appointments and some of your calendars. And you just need to, instead of taking a vacation, you need to get a staycation where you're staying with God. And you get that renewed sense that God is in me. God is with me. I shared this with our graduates last week. But here's, we need to be mindful of God's presence. Here's what it will do for you. When you're mindful of God's presence, when you know God is for us or for you, it gives you confidence. If there's anything we need today, it is confidence, isn't it? I'm telling you, I'm sure you just read the other day, you heard about the shooting in Virginia. Yeah. There's, There's earthquakes, there's all this stuff that Jesus talked about at the end times, all that stuff is happening all the time. And I'm telling you, it's so easy for, for fear to grip you. There's, there's this, It can be this uneasiness about what's going to happen in the future and what's going to happen in our country and all that. But when you have an awareness and experiencing the presence of God in your life, you can have confidence because you know, God is for me. Amen? Bless God. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it tastes like. I don't care what all the naysayers are saying, what all the prognosticators are saying. I know what God has said. I know who is with me. He is for me. And I have confidence. Amen. Amen. And then also knowing God is with us gives us courage. We need courage, boy. I'm telling you. You need courage just to get up in the morning. Come on. All the stuff that's going on, all that's going on in the landscape, economically, politically, culturally, all of the stuff that's going on. I'm telling you, we need some courage. We need to be courageous in our praying, courageous in our living. Listen, you know, I, I, when I grew up, when I, when I was growing up as a young boy, you know, it was the end thing to be a Christian, or even by name. People wanted to be people wanted to be thought of to be a church goer, as they called it, or a Christian. You know that was thought to be a positive thing. It's getting more and more the other way now. So it's going to take some courage to live for God, to be salt and light. But see if I if I have that that experience of that ongoing. Well of water coming, bubbling up for me. That presence of the Holy Spirit empowering me. And I know that I have that witness of the Spirit. God's talking to me and leading me and guiding me. Then I can have confidence and I can have courage. And then finally, knowing and experiencing the presence of God, you know, it gives me companionship. The Bible says there is, there is one who sticks closer than a brother. There's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And that's the Holy Spirit. Isn't that Right? Because He's not only with us and for us, He's in us. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to shout if nobody else does in a minute. Absolutely. We need to know that. Look over there in Hebrews 13. We're talking about living the good life, and it begins with experiencing God's presence. Oh, I'm going to tell you, if you're not experiencing God's presence, you're missing it. You're missing what life is about. That's the fountain of life. That's a that's source of life. That's a source of peace and joy, courage, and confidence and faith. Glory to God. Man, you just stare that devil down. You can just stare that test and trial down. You can just look lack in the faith and say, Lack, you're about to be swallowed up. Seven fat years is gonna follow up the seven lean years. Amen. Hallelujah. Hebrews thirteen, verse eight. <clears throat> well, let's back up. Verse. Let's back up to verse five. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because the Lord has said, "I will never leave you, and never will I forsake you." Whew. Glory to God. Somebody ought to at least have grunted there. Some of y'all, y'all never been through a tester trial, have you? Man, I'm telling you, boy, I have. I've been through them. I've been through health trials and financial trials and family trials and every kind, I mean, all kinds of trials. I'm telling you, I've I've been there when it looked like, man, it's over. Just, I mean, don't just throw in the towel, throw in the bucket and the towel. You know what I mean? I mean, it's time to give up. It's time to quit. It's all over. You've had it now. Man, I have to remember, you know what? It ain't over because what? He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So we say with confidence. Say the word confidence. confidence. Glory to God. The Lord is my helper. Amen. Let's say that together. The Lord is my helper. Who, boy, I'm telling you, if the Lord's your helper, you got all the help you need. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? (laughs) So we're talking about living the good life. And the good life is where I can lay my head down at night and I have peace and can go to sleep. Even though all this stuff is going on in the world. I mean, one minute the stock market's up, the next day it's down. I mean, all kind of catastrophes going on, all kind of things happening. Do you know what? I can lay my head down. I can sleep. I can rise up the next morning safe. Why? Because the Lord's my helper. He's with me. He's for me. He's in me. I experience the ongoing presence and power and purpose of God in my life. And I'm telling you, I'm living a good life because if I hadn't got it, Papa's got it. If I got a need, it won't be a need long because God's got the supply. And what money can't buy, God has. So we're talking about living the good life. It begins with what? Experiencing God's presence. Listen, know the reality of God. Every day, spend time fellowshipping with God, talking with God. And we're going to talk about that. And that brings me to the next point, And that means making time for God making time for god you know what you need to just put that on your google calendar put it however you keep up with your to do list whatever it is you need to be right at the top of it needs to be spend some time with god are you spending time with god I mean, we got time for everything I mean, people got, I'm not against this, so don't get all uptight if it's used right. But you know, people get all wrapped up in social media and they spend all that time. I mean, you know, they go to the ice cream parlor and they're posting that like I care. <laughs> now, if you were inviting me to come and have ice cream with you, I might care more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I'm just kidding. But, you know, we got time for all that. And you talk to people, well, Pastor, I just don't have time to, to pray or to wait on God. Well, you got time to do all this other stuff. All I'm saying is I'm not trying to come against all that stuff. But I'm telling you what, if it's getting in my time with God, then I'm telling you what, I know where I'm going to cut the time. I'm going to make some time for God. See, God wants you to, you know, He wants more time with you than just, you know, in the crisis time. God wants some of that, you know, that good time, that free time, that time when your mind's not filled with fear and worry and, and whining to God. He just wants some of that good time with you. See, He's, with, He's all for you with that other time. But, I mean, wouldn't you like if you, I mean, here, you got children, grandchildren? Isn't it just wonderful when the only time they want to talk to you is when they want to ask you for something? <laughs> Isn't that just wonderful? Well, you know, you, 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 I know you want to, if you can, you want to uh, meet the need for your kids, especially them grandkids. Let me hear for the grandkids back there. Can I hear? But you know what? You want some of that good time when they just hugging on your neck time. Isn't that right? Kissing you, time. I mean, telling you how much they love you. Don't you like that time too? Well, your father's that way, so make some time for him when you're not just asking him for something. Boy, that's good preaching, Pastor. <laughs> Genesis chapter three. Look, let's look over there. You you know this, but you know it won't hurt you to look over there again. <clears throat> You know, when God made Adam and Eve, he put them in a perfect place. He gave them a purpose. And then they experienced fellowship and the presence of God on a daily basis. Here in Genesis 3, it gives us a little glimpse of what was going on here. Genesis 3 and verse 8, it says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord, as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. You know, that gives us a, a picture and a glimpse there that this was a routine. You know, they had already sinned and so, you know, they hid themselves. Why did they hide themselves at this particular time? Because they knew they had an appointment. God was coming by this time during the day. When's the, I mean, do you have an appointment with God. If you have a set time, because I found this out, if I don't have a set time, I end up with no time. Because stuff tends to crowd it out, doesn't it? Yeah. Things come up that, that you have to deal with. I, I understand that, you know. I'm not just up in heaven and, and come down on Sundays. <laughs> I'm trying to keep my grass green just like you. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, we're dealing with stuff just like you are. And I found out if I don't make a set time, you know, and here's the thing, find out, you know, find out, you know, what your rhythm is. You know, some people are night people. Anybody here night people? Yeah. Well, you know, all the morning people are like, you crazy night people. Yeah, I know you are, Thaddeus, you yeah. told me. <laughs> you know, and all the morning people are thinking, what's wrong with you crazy night people? It's time to be in bed. And all, the, you know, and all the night people are saying, what's wrong with you crazy morning people up at the crack of dawn? So you have to just find out what your rhythm is, but you know, what whether it's at night or whether it's uh, first thing in the morning, but you need to find what your rhythm is when you're awake and you say, I'm going to give God some good time. I'm going to give God, God some choice time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make time for God, and we're going to visit. I'm just going to love on Him. I'm just going to listen to what He's got to say to me. I'm just going to just have some good time here. I'm going to remind myself of what God's purpose is. He's going to speak to me. He's going to show me things to come. He's going he's to tell me how much He loves me. Man, I'm going to get up and face my day. Man, am I ready to go. Instead of... Uh, Ain't got no money. Oh, got that ache. My kids don't like me. Well, no wonder you're having trouble going to work. Even Jesus, we read about Jesus said he got up very early. Evidently, Jesus was a morning person. Now, I'm not. That's not a doctrine. So, don't you night people get uptight? Amen. Because I read in another place where he spent all night in prayer. So he was both a morning and a night person. (laughs) But here's the thing. Jesus had a set time and times when he fellowshiped with the Father. If Jesus, the Son of God, the perfect God-man, if he needed it, where does that leave you and I? Now, I don't know about you. Uh, well, I mean, I really do, but I'm just trying to be nice. <laughs> but as a human being, I found out that if I let those times go too long when, between when I'm with the Lord, that this thing called the flesh, y'all know what that is? Yeah, you know what that is. It's that stuff that gives somebody a piece of your mind, you know. Especially when, you know, they cut you off the red light or something. Or the red light turns green and they sit there just, at, you know, on their phone just before it turns red. And they speed up take off and then you've got to wait through it again. <laughs> it's that stuff. <laughs> That's the <a> flesh. <laughs> if, if I go too long, some of y'all smiling, you know what I'm talking about. Y'all been in front of that person too. Huh? Hopefully you weren't that person. <laughs> Don't raise your hand. But, but, you know, that stuff called the flag, that's what that attitude, yeah. that impatience, maybe a little anger, you know, that's what I'm talking about. See, that's what, because that's what, exactly what will happen. You need that time with God. You need to allow your inner man to stay strong and in control and the dominant part of your human personality. Because this stuff right here, the Bible tells me, it is not redeemed yet. How many of you found that out? Absolutely. (laughs) So set a time, and then just keep it. Just keep it. Set a time. I know sometimes things can come up. There's emergencies come up. I understand that. But you know, that's the exception, not the rule. So you make yourself some time. For me personally, see, I like time in the morning, and then I like time before I go to bed. I like to sandwich my day in there, you know, with time with God. I just, my day goes better, and my night too. Amen. Why do you want to go to bed after listening to the nightly news? Holy cow. Nothing wrong with listening to the news, but don't do it before you go to bed. That's not the best time to do it. Then make a place for God. I I mentioned Jesus. Let's read a scripture over there real quickly. Mark chapter 1. We're talking about living the good life. See, again, in our culture, living the good life is having a nice home, driving a nice vehicle, having a good job, having a good 401K retirement, having all these benefits and all that. Nothing wrong with all that, but we equate that to having the good life. I guess Paul never had it. Bless his heart. I don't think they had 401Ks back in Paul's day, did they? If you got one, you're blessed. Be, be rejoiced. Rejoice and be glad in it. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that. But we, we can reduce it down to where it's just, it's all about stuff. Mark 1, It says, very early in the morning. See, this is Jesus being a morning person. While it was still dark. Oh, my gosh. Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So make a place for God. It might not be a solitary place like this. It might be somewhere else. I don't know. Whatever it is, you know, it, it could be your prayer closet. It could be your den. It could be in your backyard. It could be if you've got a commute, on your commute. But somewhere, there ought to be some place that you set aside that, you know, this is time with God. This is time with God. And I'm not going to let somebody else take it. I mean, it's going to have to be an extreme emergency. Somebody's got to be dying or something. This is, this is God's time. Isn't that right? This is God's time. I mean, you know, if you made an appointment with a doctor, do you go to it? <coughs> if you feel like it, right? And some of those doctors will charge you if you don't show up. They'll charge you. Hello? <laughs> Aren't you glad God don't do that? Some of us be broke. Not looking at anybody. Adam in the garden had a place. Jesus had a solitary place. You need to find you a secret place, so to speak, where it's just you shut yourself in with God. Long enough so that you begin to sense the presence of God just rising up. Just that peace, that overflowing joy. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. I'd encourage you, take your Bible. Let God speak to you. You know, what's God saying to you? What's He saying to you about your family? What's He saying? See, a lot of times we know more about what the problem's saying to us than we know about what God's solution is. Somebody can tell you every ache in their body, but they can't tell you one scripture where God says He's going to heal you. They can tell you all about what, you know, their lack and where they, they don't have enough and how crummy their job is. Right. But what about what God says about your finances? What's he saying to you? What's his plan for you? Remember, he said he's got those paths he's already preordained for you. Maybe, maybe if you don't have peace, if, you, if you're in lack, I'm talking about continually, we all go through tests and trials. Come on. I've been there. Woo-hoo. Man, I, I remember getting off the plane in Buenos Aires with two kids in diapers and 15 pieces of luggage. No vehicle and no money. And the home is five hours away. So I know what it's like to be. I've been there. So, you know, don't think of, you know, oh, what do you know? You're just a preacher. Well, I know a few things. But, you know, I'm so glad that moment I knew I mean, that was, that was staring you in the face. But I'm so glad that I knew, what? That God was with me, yep. that God was for me, yes. and that God was in me. Yeah. Went right through customs. You know my story. There's a guy holding up a placard, Brazzles. He had a vehicle there, big enough to put all my luggage in, put all our family in. Drove me five hours right to my front door. Jehovah Jireh. But we need to know, what is God saying about you? See, that was a crisis I had. But, you know, whatever it is, God wants to speak to you about your life. About 2019. God has a plan for you. He don't just have plans for preachers. Are you listening to me? All of God's kids, God's got a plan for you. He's got a purpose for you. What is it? Find it out. There's only one way to find it out. And it's not on CNN. (laughs) Or Fox or anywhere else. You're not going to find it there. And then this thing about experiencing God's presence. Romancing the king. Remember I gave the illustration a minute ago about... Your kids or grandkids? How would you like it if only time they ever came to see you or talk to you is when they wanted something? Gimme, gimme, gimme! Don't you like it when the kids or the grandkids? They just they gon' they just gonna love on grandpa or Gigi. They just gonna love on you. I mean, man, they just tell you how wonderful you are, how much they love you. What I mean, how how wonderful you are? Don't man, I'm telling you what, man. They start doing that, it ain't long, you're reaching for the pocketbook. (laughs) Am I telling the truth? It's the truth, isn't it? Man, I'm telling you, they get a whole lot more out of you like that and just, you know, they they come up to you asking for 10, they they might get to 10, but they start loving on you. You start pulling out them 20s and 50s. I'm not saying that we can manipulate God, but here's the point I'm trying to make. You know, we need to romance. The King. We need to spend time with Him. Just like we would with our spouse or with our kids or with our grandkids or anybody that we love and is dear to us. We need to romance, romance the King. You know, just sometimes just say, Dad, I don't want anything. I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. I just want to be in your presence. I just want to soak in your peace and your love and your joy and your goodness. Oh, hallelujah. Hmm. You've never experienced that. Fellowship and friendship are faith builders. When we fellowship with God, when we become friends with God, you talk about your faith growing. Boy, I'm telling you. Trouble starts coming your way, you're like, you're not running the other way, you're running toward it. Man, me and God, we're getting ready to bust this thing. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Worship and intimacy is part of romancing the king. Look in John's gospel. I got to hurry up here. John 15. Notice what Jesus says here. Verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. See, this is what we're talking about romancing the king. He said... Then you what? He says you can ask whatever you wish; it's going to be done for you. God says, if you spend time with me, if you abide, and my words are precious and valuable to you, if you, if I am important to you and you romance me, he said, ask what you will. He's God's reaching for his wallet, boys. He got a big one, boys. <laughs> I was reading a, a scripture this morning, I, it reminded me, out in our, on our back patio, Cindy's got all kind of flowers and herbs and stuff growing out there, and one of the hanging baskets, uh, a little small bird, what, which, what kind? That's a, wren, a little wren, you know, if you've seen it, a little bit, decided that's where gonna, she's going to build a nest and raise her babies. <laughs> you know? And Cindy tried to discourage it, but it came back, rebuilt a nest, so we just said, okay. So I was I was there this morning, and it's right up against one of the windows there, the patio window right off our kitchen there, the eating area of our kitchen. And I saw that I just happened to be standing there this morning and and the mama bird come up, and she had something in her beak, and I could see that as soon as she got right over that nest, you know what those birds did? And God reminded me of the scripture over there in Psalm eighty one ten. He said, Open your mouth wide, and I will feel it. Wow. God wants to fill it. He wants you to have the good life. He says, I've come that you might have the good life. And it starts by being, what? On good terms with Him. Friends, fellowship, romancing, worshiping, intimacy. It comes from building. You know, anybody got a good friend? Might be, might be you know, a sister or somebody. You're, somebody you're close to. Man, we gotta pray for y'all. Nobody got a good friend out there. <laughs> God, give him a good friend. <laughs> Help them, Lord. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> if, 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 you know, you you know, you want a friend you, that you can be intimate with, that you can talk to, that you can share things with. Isn't that right? And God says, I want to be that type of friend. And here's the thing about God. Boy, is he good at keeping secrets. Boy, he won't blab one thing. Are you listening to me? God knows how to keep a confidence. Man, he's real good about keeping things that you miss because he says, here's how I'm going to keep your confidence when you confess your sin to me. He said, I'm not only going to forgive you, I'm going to forget it. That's the kind of friend I want. <laughs> that's the kind of friend I need. And then finally, out of that, he says, you can ask whatever you want, your petitions. And here's what I found out. When I developed this relationship, this intimacy, this friendship with God, and I'm spending times with him, that's when the true desires begin to rise up. The things that are really important, needful. Necessary, the things that I I need and desire—they begin to rise up. Psalm thirty-seven, four. He says, "If you delight yourself in the Lord," says He will give you the desires of your heart. And so I just, man, I'm hanging out with God. God says, "Son, I want to do this for you. Really, that's great, Lord." I didn't. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to do that. I didn't ask you. He said, I "No, I just want to do it." See, some people, they got a God that, you know, I mean, you know, they have to almost take a ball-peen hammer to him to get him to do something for him. I, I don't know who you're hanging with, but you need to hang with somebody. But see, you get a relationship with God, and he just says, he says, son, I want to do some stuff. Or I want to do some stuff for you, because I love you. I like being with you. I like that you like being with me. I want to bless you. I want to feel your cup to overflowing. I don't want to just fill it up; it's going to overflow. Goodness and mercy going to overtake you. Blessing going to tackle you. You're going to be the head, not the tail. You're going to be above and not beneath. You're going to be able to lend and not have to borrow. Your health is going to spring forth speedily. Ooh, that's that's kind of person I like to hang with. You want to hang with all them? naysayers and all, bless their heart, you know, God ain't going to do nothing, hadn't done nothing, don't expect him to do nothing. Well, if I had to do nothing, God, I'd get rid of him and find me the God who's more than enough. Amen. God who says he, he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think. True desires. Let me give you some action steps here. We're talking about experiencing the good life by experiencing God's presence. Very simple. Let me ask you a question. How mindful are you of God's presence during the day? How mindful are you? Well, now, preacher, here's how I got it. I'm giving God Sunday morning... Most of the time. But now I'm telling you the rest of the time is business. Because it's dog eat dog out there. And I just ain't got time for all this, you know, this, this, this stuff you're talking about. I mean, you know, now when Sunday comes, if I'm not too tired, <laughs> see, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Monday morning. I'm talking about Wednesday afternoon. I'm telling how mindful are you during the day of God's presence in your life? But see, that, that starts in the secret place. And then the only other thing I would encourage you to do is find, if you don't already have one, find a time and a place where you fellowship with God. Is there any other person on this planet that would be more valuable and beneficial to you to spend time with than God? Hmm? Think about it. Anybody that's got more wisdom. Anybody that's got your your best interest more to heart than God. Anybody who has uh, more resources. Anybody, I mean, if God don't have it, He'll just make it. (laughs) Amen. He's a miracle worker. He can do some amazing, astounding things. Why in the world would you not want to hang out with Him? You bow your heads just for a moment. Hallelujah. Father, we're talking about living a good life. And Lord, we're constantly inundated, Father, by things in our, our, our culture that tell us this is what makes life good. For some, it's power or position, for others, it's wealth or the accumulation of stuff. But Lord, you said, this is real life, that we might know you and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is the starting place of living the good life, is a relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that Jesus came, that he went to a place called Calvary, and at Calvary, he poured out his life's blood for you and me. He took our pain, he took our sin, he took our punishment. And the Bible says now because of what Jesus did, you and I can be made right with God. We can have a right relationship. But it begins by putting your faith in Jesus as Savior and Lord. If you've never done that, I want to give you an opportunity this morning. I just want to pray with you. If you say Pastor, I need that relationship with God. I need what you're talking about. And I want to put my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Or maybe you're here and you've just, you know, you've let life just just come in. There's no condemnation. Life's come in. You're a believer, but it's just crowded out your time with God. Your relationship with God has suffered. And you know it. And you say, today I'm making a decision. That I'm going to renew my relationship with God. I'm going I'm to get back to that place. I'm going to create a special place and time again. And I'm going to rebuild that relationship with God. If you are wanting prayer for either one of those, would you just lift your hand up and you can just put it right back down. I'm going to pray for you for either one of those. Hands here, hands here. Father, you see the hands, and more importantly, the hearts of those who've raised their hands today. And Father, I pray that as they put their faith and their trust in Jesus, you said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will never be disappointed, and you will in no wise turn them away. The Bible says if we will believe on Jesus Christ, that God, that He died for our sins, that God raised Him from the dead, and will confess Him as Lord, we will Be saved. And for those of you that are coming back. The father stands with open arms and says. Welcome back my child. Welcome back to father's house. Welcome back to intimacy and fellowship with with me. Welcome back to the source of the good life. Father I thank you. That you are directing us. In the paths you have for us. You're fulfilling your purpose and plans for us as we walk with you, as we fellowship with you, and as we love on you. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. You know, just before Brother Walt comes, uh Some of you may have seen this. We're we're going to do this now. Uh, Brother Bruce prayed over the country, but Franklin Graham sent out something. You might have seen that where he said that all over the country today, he's asking uh, believers to pray for the president. You know, uh, Jesus said that we're to pray for those in authority. Maybe you didn't vote for him. It doesn't really matter. Does it? Because he said, "Pray for him. Pray for him." You know what? The next election, another one will be in, and and you know, and you might like them, and the other half of the church might not like them. Doesn't matter. I pray for him. I don't care what. I don't care. He just said, "Pray for him." Isn't that right? Because you know what? I'm more concerned about God's plan and purpose for this nation that I am some political parties whichever they may be amen amen somebody says are you a Republican or a Democrat yes oh an independent yes (laughs) amen because those are just man's terms aren't they But under the big tent of the family of God, we know this, you know, man may make plans, but if God's people will pray, God will direct their steps. Amen. So just before Pastor Walt comes with the announcements, take just a minute with me and agree with me. Father, we pray for our president right now, for President Trump. Father, for all that's going on around him and in the Congress and the white, all that's going on, God, we just lift him up and we lift up our leaders. We thank you, oh God, that you will use him. God, Despite, the, regardless of how we feel about him, about his political stance, about his, his, uh, his personality, any of those things, God, Father, right now, he is our president, and Father, we pray that you would direct his path, that you would use him, oh God, to to bring this country uh, in in the direction that you want it to go. God, for all those who are in places of authority, oh God, whatever their, their man title might be, God, we pray for the grace of God, the wisdom of God. God, encourage them. It's a hard job. Encourage them, oh God. Encourage all those who are in leadership and places of influence, including our president. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor Walt. Thank you, Pastor Norris.
1: Boy, what a great, great message. The good life. I'm telling you, man, I used to live the bad life, and I knew, and I'm living the good life. I'd rather a good life. I don't know. Some of y'all probably don't know what I'm talking about. But that's a long story. But anyway, I got a few announcements before we dismiss. Uh, monthly prayer services tomorrow night. That's yes. from seven o'clock right here at the church. So if you uh, can can spend some time, t- just show up. I think that's how it is. It's just, sh- yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, that's that's what it is. It's once a month and it's a Monday night, and uh, we'll be making announcements, saying, uh, letting everybody know when that is. Also, this is a new one: Zumba classes. Zumba, Zumba, <laughs> Zumba. is that where you do doing your thing? Well, uh, uh, that's a good thing, you know, because you want to you, you, yeah, you, you keep your figure right. You know what I mean? <laughs> want to keep your stuff looking together. So, <laughs> now, I, I never participated in the summer classes. I, I walked with Leslie. You know, I walked with Leslie. <laughs> that's another good one. It's a real good one. But anyway, that starts. That's a, this is a fun class, is what it's saying. It's a fitness class. Uh, we got a couple of fitness people. I know we got Ray and Gail, and they got a thing going on in his gym. But then, oh, right the well, well, wait a minute. This is the new couple in the church. Oh, I say a new couple in the church. They haven't been here very long. But stand, just stand up. Can you just stand up? This is the Zumba fitness instructor. All right. That's a good thing. Okay, thank you very much. But anyway, this is going to start, uh, it's June 4th. That's Tuesday night, Tuesday evening. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tuesday, 6 to 6.45. Now, six, that means that you're going to be getting wet. 6 to 6.45, there's going to be some sweating going on, some s- real sweating. Now, this is a, this is a, it's a, it's a men or women, or women or men, but, but this is a great opportunity for the men. If you got kids, stay home with the kids, let the women come out and do their thing. There's a lot of information about this. They, they just told me that you can sign up out in the 40s so they'll know just what the, how many people they're dealing with. But it's a great, great opportunity for women to get together. and It's a small group. It's really, it's a small group. But they're going to be doing a lot of sweating. So if you don't want to do no sweating, stay at the house. Cause 6, six 45, 45 minutes. That's going to be getting with it. Yeah. Now, this is going to be a class. it's going to be Tuesday nights through the 30th of Ju- July. So make sure you sign up in the foyer. A lot of literature information is out there in the foyer about this Zumba class. And some of you probably already know about Zumba. I didn't know about Zumba. No, I'm not coming. You're going to show me up. I'm not going to show up. Every women show up. Man, you can you know that's embarrassing for the women to show you up on that kind of stuff. And some of these women, they probably know what they're doing. I know they know what they're doing. Uh, let me go to the next one. VBS. This is a good one right here. is on my line. Mega Sports Camp. That's going to start June 10th through the 14th. That's going to be here at the church, too, 9 a.m. to 12. Well, that time is a good time. I don't know. Work, you, you might have to work this thing out, but you got to sign up. There's more information about this in the for you. This is going to be from 9 a.m. to 12 noon, June 10th through the 14th. So uh, anyway, uh, it's a great time for kids to come out for a while. They're out for summer. Let them have some fun with the rest of the kids and learn some things in church. Small group leaders, if you, you want to have a small group, you know, there's a sign-up out in the foyer. More information about that. There's going to be training on that June 22nd. So get information on that. And Pastor Norris has already talked about the family movie night. That's June 28th. And by faith, it'll be a whole bunch of folks here watching movies <laughs> from what he said. That's his words. But anyway, if, you, uh, if you're visiting... Uh, Passion Church this morning. Thanks again for coming. We are so glad that you're here in our church or in this church. This church is a great church. A lot of history behind this church. Church means a lot to this city and this community. There's a lot of things going on uh, in the city, but I mean there's so many people that need Jesus, and we're around. There's so many different walks of Montgomery in this church this morning. So many places we go Uh, that I go, that you don't go. You go, I won't go. But there's always people in our vicinity, close to us, that need Jesus. And so anyway, let them see what God's doing in this great work in Passion Church through you so that they can have the same peace, this good life that Pastor Norris is talking on this series. Let them know that there is a good life that they can have, and they can come to a place where a group of people are enjoying what God's doing in their lives. Amen? Praise God. Well, Pastor Norris and Cindy will be out in the foyer to uh, answer any questions, or they'll be around where you can get them. You know who they are. You can walk up to them, ask them any questions that you may have concerning Passion Church or something that you might have that uh, this just came on your mind and you just want to ask them about it. But anyway, they'll be available immediately following the service. Amen. Can you stand with me? Thank you. Thank you, Father. Now, Father, we just thank you this morning for your word, that good life we all wanted, Father. We've all tasted the bad life or something bad, family. We've all tasted something different than the good life, but we have experienced a good life. And, Father, we thank you for this message, and we ask, God, that we can apply all of the actions, items, all of the things that Pastor Norris has spoke about, taught us this morning, put them in our lives so that people can see a difference in us and want the same thing that we have. Now, Father, bless us as we go Uh, our ways and our different areas, our communities, our homes. Bless us, Father, this week so that we can be, Lord God, the answer to the folks that we come in contact with. In Jesus' name, amen.